The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from AccuNet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Welcome to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, licensed real estate broker with AccuNet Realty Advisors and also the majority owner of AccuNet Mortgage, along with my son, David, who's our senior loan consultant, one of our fabulous senior loan consultants, also one of our managing owners and our chief client experience officer. Hey, by the way, David, I was uh, stopped by a closing on uh, Friday. And even though neither one of us was involved in it, this happened to be senior loan consultant, uh, Brad Kramer, both the home buyer, the home buyer's parents, who were the ones that said, you got to call these people and click on the blue button at acunet.com and their real estate agent could not have been happier sung our praises up and down for making the home buying process for this first time home buyer smooth as silk nice. especially loved how we communicate things so david thank you for designing an excellent customer experience Come on, it's all on brad for that success we have good systems. A team effort. Take a little credit. All right. If you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. And remember, you can grab a podcast of today's show or any of our past shows wherever you normally get your podcast. So, David, the market was waiting with bated breath on Friday morning as and has been as has become my habit for the last 24 years, I too dutifully tuned in yep. to CNBC at 7.30 a.m. Central too. Time to find out how many jobs did this great economy create in September because uh, jobs are one of those things where if people get them, they tend to spend money. Right. And if they spend money or if you have more people with jobs spending more money, they tend to buy things. And that affects the demand side of the equation in the supply demand uh, economic, uh, what do you call it, principle, core principle. And that can tend to make things uh, cost more because there's more demand. That's called inflation. And that's what we've been trying to fight. That's why mortgage rates are high. And so the market was cruising into Friday thinking, you know what? We think that the economy is going to create 170,000 new jobs in September. And what did the number come in at, son? The num- yeah, the number was 336,000 new jobs created in the month of September, or almost double the number you just, f- the, that market participants were forecasting, almost double. Yeah, and so the collective interest rate markets, called the bond markets, clutched their chests initially like gadzooks. Will this, you know, employment market, will this job market ever cool off? And frankly, folks, you know, that's one of the things that the Federal Reserve hopes happens is that the job market does cool off so that there aren't so many people with new jobs spending money and stoking inflation. Well, the good news, the only good news, let me ask you, did you see any good news in the report before I say what I saw? Uh, I know what you saw. It was that earnings Mm -hmm. has tapered that that's right that if that either at these new jobs or current jobs in the surveys the number came in at 0.2 month over month which if you then turn that into an annual number it means 
wages are rising at about 2.4%. Hey, 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 that's a lot. That looks a lot like the Fed's inflation target of 2%. Because again, to what you just said, if people receive money from work, earn money, and then go spend it, that has upward pressure on prices. But yep. that, but that, uh, that component, that labor thing. cost component, is as tame as it has been in a long, long time. Yes. Now, I, I was on WBBM News Radio 780 in Chicago on the noon business hour this last week on Wednesday, and former WTMJ uh, radio guy Rob Hart does the noon show down there. Yeah. And so he's like, Brian, what, what is it going to take for rates to come back down? And I said, it's really simple. We need more data that shows that inflation is tame. Oh, David, when are we going to get the next inflation reading? Uh, Thursday, the CPI, Consumer Price Index, the, for all its flaws, it is the headline number that markets pay attention to. That comes out Thursday at 7.30 a.m. Central. And so last week we reported that there was a different inflation measure that came in nice and cool. Uh, the PCE, personal consumption expenditures. Look which is at what you. The, yeah, come on. Look at me. Come on. Uh, <laughs> which is what the Fed likes to look at. That came in at 0.2 month over mm-hmm. month. And, and, and the market said, okay, we like that, but show us more. Well, now we get this big jobs report, which is dragging us in the wrong direction. Okay. Uh, so what do we need for rates to turn around and come back down? We need more economic data that points to less inflation. Mm-hmm. And when we get a more than one data point, you know, maybe it's going to take five or six. It's a little, I'm going to say it's a little scattershot right now, right? Exactly. What you said is like last week, yay, we're, we're mo- moving forward. And then this Friday it was like, oh, well, we kind of haven't yeah. moved forward. It's uh, one step forward, two steps back sometimes. Two steps back. All right. So that put, uh, as of the end of Friday, uh, with 25% down, if you're buying the median sales price house, which is $315,000 in southeastern Wisconsin, you could snag uh, a a 7.5% 30-year fixed rate uh, that has an APR of 7.72. But when we come back, let me tell you what we could do for a first-time home buyer. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, uh, the second show of October. And David, we're talking about, yeah, jobs report, not good for mortgage rates. But uh, in addition to some of the luckiest people in the real estate market being downsizing boomers, we talked about that last week. Yeah. Uh, because they've had such a run up in home value appreciation and therefore equity that when they're now selling their four bedroom, three bath house or whatever it is and going to downsize and buy that condo, they're almost cash buyers or pretty, right. you know, they, they don't need much of a mortgage or maybe no mortgage at all. So they're kind of in the sweet spot. The other thing that if you're wishing you could be this, it would be a first-time home buyer in Wisconsin. And the reason is we have some special 30-year fixed-rate mortgage money just for Wisconsin properties and Wisconsin residents. And instead of having to pay the going market rate of 7.5% with, let's say, a 7.77 APR, David, what can we offer some, but not all, first-time home buyers in Wisconsin? Almost a full percent lower of what you said. You said 75 APR 7.7. Yep. 
that yep. this special money you're talking about, six six two five, and an APR probably of around. Well, it depends if you have PMI or not. So let's say an APR around six point nine. Okay, and so the the PMI, the reason why the PMI uh, uh, increases the annual percentage rate versus the interest rate is because the cost of monthly private mortgage insurance. Uh, is counted in the annual percentage rate calculation, just like its interest. All right. So, David, what does it take in order to say, "Hey, I can, I can get at this great first-time homebuyer money"? Yeah. So, a key is the definition of first-time homebuyer, which is that anyone borrowing the money must not have owned a property within the last three years. Uh, so, you can regain your first-time homebuyer status. Yeah, but so also, maybe if somebody got divorced and they've been renting for four or five or years. Or from another, out of town, too. I see that Okay, yeah. Well. Okay, right. So either way, you can regain your first-time homebuyer status. So go, and then what's the other thing? But the other key component is income. And not just the income that we list to have you qualify, but also any income for anyone who will be residing in the home. So, for example, in Milwaukee County, that income limit is just under $100,000. So everyone in the house... For one to two people, it's got to be less than $99,900. And I think to myself, why couldn't they have just rounded up the other 100000 Calculation, yeah, yeah. Okay, but hey, you got you, your significant other, and a kiddo. Uh, hey, you can have as much as $114,000 of total household income. That is the key. But again, in the craftsmanship of mortgage lending, that's, that's why the Acunet you know, approach drills down on those details because hey dad you just said if we're good at finding the best loan program for you home buyer we can get you almost a full percentage lower than a un garden variety thank you yeah, and there are there are shades in between. Last week we uh, shared a story, uh, Brad Kramer, senior loan consultant, where uh, his clients didn't quite fit into that supremely best uh, basket, but they were in the second best, which was still right. a lot better than regular. So, so we like to pride ourselves on being crafty craftsmen and really knowing our way around our products to find find people the most efficient, is that the word I wanna say? Most efficient execution on their uh, mortgage. Now, um, well, wait, can I say it another way? Yeah. So yeah. like, we, w this is not, it also, uh, so the difference in your payment could be, let's just call it $100, right? If we get the smarter, cheaper, lower rate money, maybe that allows you to stretch for another 5000 another 10000 in purchase price. It's not just necessarily about, payment. hey, we want to get you best Savings. rate, lowest payment, but also, can we also help you get the payment and the size house that you want as well? That's right. I think there's there's also a purchase price limit. What is it, like 418000 We can look that up on the next break. Oh, 481. Okay. That's a lot and of house. That's right. And so again, the, the other good news is that you can have as little as, are you ready? 0% down. And, and again, the structure of that is that we provide a uh, mortgage equal to 97% of the purchase price in the first form of a first mortgage and a 30-year fixed rate, and then a companion 10-year fixed rate at the same rate as the first, 6.625. And in fact, people can actually borrow their closing costs as well, right? I had a client do exactly that. They they arrived to closing. This was two Fridays ago. They went to closing and received $40 when they bought their house. 
Now, the, the next thing I want to talk about here um, as, as we do our last segment before the news is the market is cooling down a little bit in southeastern Wisconsin. I've got the data for September home sales. And, and so it are you, is... Get, wait, wait, wait. We bash on headlines all the time. Cooling down? Are you, well, are you it's, uh, it's baiting relative. the hook on this one? A little bit. I have a couple of, I have a couple of nuggets of good news uh, from the data from September from the multiple listing service. We're going to share that when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. We're back, and thanks for tuning into today's show. David, not every transaction is facilitated by a member of the National Association of Realtors. Um, but in order to get into multiple listing service, where all the data resides, at least uh-huh. the most readily available data, that's what has to happen. And there are people that are still selling uh, without real estate agents. And, and if they need help uh, with closing services, uh, we can hook them up with our affiliated title company to do a nice job when when that circumstances arises but a lot the vast of times majority of transactions family like i I've, we've I've, that's i would say the most common example is maybe you're buying from your uncle or the you know estate of grandma that's the one that i always think of well yeah that comes up a lot but i just uh, talked to somebody a neighbor of a good uh, client and friend of mine uh the elderly couple had moved out of the house and so they were putting the for sale, the family was putting the for sale sign in the yard and they were just marketing it on Facebook okay. uh, marketplace. You know, they wanted, they wanted to go for sale by owner. So anywho, okay. um, the, what I wanted to now turn to is September numbers, September for, this is for the five County Milwaukee metropolitan area, according to the multiple listing service, uh, which I'm a member through Acunet Realty Advisors. All right. So uh, deemed reliable, by the way, but not guaranteed. All right. So the median sales price in September was down a little bit. It was $315,000 compared to three twenty-seven, dollars And this is condos and single family homes combined. It was three twenty-seven dollars as the median sales price in August. That does not mean that values dropped. No. It means that the mix of homes changed. Yep. Uh, maybe we had more four-bedroom homes than two-bedroom homes, something like that. By the way, the September median sales price was still up 5.6% or 17000 American dollars compared to September of the year before. Now, uh, and you're not going to be surprised by this, David, because you work in the mortgage industry. The number of home sales was down 22% or 427 fewer sales. Uh, the total number of happy buyers and sellers was only 1,502 uh, for the month of September in that five-county Milwaukee area. And if you want to compare it to August, September was also 292 less than August. Now, what about listings? This is one of my good news nuggets. Mm-hmm. Remember I just said we had 1,502 sales. Well, there were 1,898 uh, new listings. That's darn near 400 more listings than sales. How well do you think of that? I mean, takes takes a little bit of the pressure off, right? Um, well, and I think from our little microcosm here at Academic Mortgage, we had more applications in September. We're going to close a lot more loans in October <clears throat> than we did in September. And I think that's because there are more homes for sale. That's just my 
you know, little observation of tying well, that, together or string which of means facts. that which means that the hungry buyers who have been waiting to snap up more listings are doing so. That's right. Oh, you know what? I got to look up on this next break as I'm going to look at the um, number of days on market. But I can share with you because uh, you know what? I think I did that for my radio appearance on WBBM. Uh, the average days on market in the Chicago uh, market. You want to guess? You had your hand up. Higher. I mean. Not not 56 as tight. Days. Okay. Fifty-six days. Fifty-six days. That's like eternity. So uh, while we're on break and we're doing the news, I'm going to look up the actual number of days. So I'm a little bit more specific. But go ahead. I uh, so and I don't know what to think of this statistic, but I was just looking. I went on the WRA website and pulled up southeastern right. Wisconsin, and you know, in August, it in this year, it's, it was the same number of home sales as 2014. You know, and oh. well, it's, it, I don't know if anyone looks back and says, oh, 2014, back. I don't know about that. You know, it's all, as we do, we compare it to pre-COVID 2019 as well as last year, but also um, the, the supply and demand remains the pain point. The key difference between this year and nine years ago is uh, me, is all of the millennials who continue <laughs> to okay i thought you meant you personally me, have influenced me, the market no <clears throat> is, is and i do happen to we're have all nine years now. older yeah 20 uh, that's right 2018 um home sales this september compared to september 2018 we're only off by 15 percent or 339 close oh wait that's listings uh 17 percent or 307 sales so yeah. it's not a great uh, the market is shrunken and as yeah. Glenn Kelman, the CEO of Redfin, the big national publicly traded um, real estate brokerage, said last week uh, in an interview, this isn't going to change for a while. No. You know, don't expect, um, you know, things to all of a sudden snap back. Well, but as we, uh, as so. we demonstrate every week, that doesn't mean we have lots of winners. We have lots of successful buyers. Oh, yeah. uh, you just have to be ready and you got to put your best foot forward, which I would say in any market, like even if you weren't, co even if it was totally flipped. I would say, why would you yep. be less than the best version of yourself? Because you're, you know, you're trying to win a house. Yep. All right. So when we come back, I've got the how much did uh, what percentage of buyers paid over asking? That's the other. Mm, I'm going to call it a positive nugget for home buyers that I'm going to share. But right now, it's time to turn it over to the 24 hour newsroom. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the October 8th edition. And hey, remember, October used to be the 8th month of the, of the year. Now it's the 10th. All right, anyway. So uh, welcome back. And we were talking before the news that uh, uh, occasion to be looking at some Chicago metropolitan area statistics where the average days on market, and I think now that I, I recall it was for the city of Chicago, was 56 days. And so I just pulled up while uh, we were on the news break, the uh, days on market and uh, for September, this is for condos and single family detached combined. And uh, David, I'm gonna tell you the uh, number one, and this is, I'm only looking at uh, municipalities where there were at least 10 closed sales recorded in a multiple listing service. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm gonna tell you the uh, top three, and you're gonna put them in order. Okay, are you ready? Okay. South Milwaukee, West Dallas, and Whitefish Bay were the top three fastest selling municipalities in September. Put them in order. Uh, number one, gold medal, South Milwaukee. 
Am I right? Uh, number two, Silver Medal. Yes. Whitefish Bay. You are correct. Okay. And it was a, and, and there's, this is a, a, only a frog hair apart. Whitefish Bay was, uh, do you want to take a guess at the average number of days, continuous days on market for the 15 homes that sold in South Milwaukee? Mm, 13 days. Six. Woo! Okay. That is lightning fast. Six days on market. Uh, uh, that was South Milwaukee. West Dallas was seven days, and Whitefish Bay was there. eight. <sighs> then at nine days, you had uh, Burlington, Grafton, and West Bend. Uh, Cudahy at 11, Glendale at 12, Greenfield at 12, as was McGuanago, Waukesha, and Wauwatosa. That's fast. That's so much faster. Does that, is there to, any way to know? I, I think I'd have to go ask some some realtors. Is delayed status included in that days on market? I don't think it is. But anyway, you know, mm. delayed status really get them lathered up. You know, put out that teaser I, photo and and then go live on Thursday, for example. You know what? We we can we can figure that out. But mm. I have a feeling that the answer is no. I think mm. that the, the delayed uh, that the actual listing date is it it goes live and not the sneak peek period but we can confirm that so so you know that that speaks to the demand side of the equation now remember that september sales went under contract when august or early september yeah yeah or or maybe late july and and so you know now we just said earlier in the show that hey we had almost 400 more listings than closed sales in September. So we have a little bump in inventory. And, you know, we saw a bump in loan applications during the month of September for transactions closing in October. So, you know, now we got rates up a little bit. You know, maybe that's also going to temper demand slightly. Uh, You know, theoretically that would happen. Uh, But let's turn the page now before we get to some stories from the front lines uh, of uh, mortgage shopping or selling. And, uh, and I've got one, by the way. Uh, but here, here's what happened in the month of September. Uh, and to put this in context, if you look at the last several months, we're looking at uh, five-county metro Milwaukee area. Um, and this is uh, condos and single family detached. Uh, giving you the run-up here. In May, 64% of buyers paid over asking, which is exactly what happened in June and July. That cooled off slightly to 59% in August. And the trend line continued in September, 55% of home buyers paid over asking. So a little less competitive than it was, you know, at the, in the heat of the summer. And then the same thing true of people paying $10,000 or more over asking. It was as high as 48% in May, then 47% for a couple of months, dropped down to 40% in August, and now it's down to 36%. So... It's it's still definitely, I would say, would you call it a uh, seller's market, David? Yes, absolutely. Still, but not maybe quite as uh, rabid. Never no. forget yes. the list price is a made-up number. That's just, just my little anecdote. And I know, you know, we're using the made-up number consistently over the months you just described to, you know, to create That's the trend right. line. I, yeah, just, I, wonder if, I, I wonder if sellers are getting any less aggressive right now with, you know, interest rates up and, and less action. How would you properly, how would you, how would you quantify the pricing aggression of the listing number? And I don't know, I don't know if we could. 
We would have to we would have well, to be able to categorize how many how many people walk through and maybe how many offers you got to try to correlate like the the out of the gate on the list price. But that's way that's more wonky than we care to be. All right, so we've got a couple of bits of news from Mortgage World, uh, and there's two two little tidbits. It looks like Fannie Mae is going to make it easier for people to buy duplexes, and also is it three to four families? Yes, David, or just three duplexes? and four units. Okay, yes. we're not quite a hundred percent sure. This is kind of like brand new information. And then the other thing is they're um, going to make it more consistently less onerous for self-employed people, but. There are, is some misinformation out there, uh, and this has to do with how long do you have to be self-employed before you can qualify for a mortgage. Let's give you those details, and, and David, you got a story to go along with this. Mm-hmm. When we come back, you're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Thanks for tuning in to today's AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. You know, mortgage lending is all about rules, and it's it's uh, kind of maddening sometimes, and it doesn't make sense. But uh, we want to just talk about a fairly big chunk of the home buying and home owning population that has their own business. And uh, the definition of being self-employed in mortgage world is if you own 25% or more of the company at which you work and get your income from. And David, what are some of the rules? Once you fall into that category, you know, hey, you were, you were a 20% owner and the mortgage rule says, fine, you're not self-employed. But then all of a sudden, good things happen and one year you get to be the 26% owner of a company. What does that do to you? as a home buyer? Uh, I'm going to describe it as the clock starts over on the income that a mortgage lender can point to. And part of this is because you're running the show and mortgage lending wants to prove that now that you are in charge, that you can keep the golden goose healthy that pays your income as a self-employed person, which is kind of silly. We always like to point out like public, there are public companies that lose money quarter over quarter, but hey, you're a salaried person at that company, no problem. You know, we can help you. You might lose your job you tomorrow. Your job. Right, future income. But hey, you're, you're, you're running the show. So that traditionally, I'm gonna say, requires a two-year history of proof that, hey, I am successfully Be, yeah. earning a profit, paying myself, and this is my income. Because also mortgage lending, doesn't want to qualify you based on your best month or your best quarter or your best short time period. The two year is the, hey, we think this is a reasonable average. And, you know, dare I say, I kind kind of agree with mortgage underwriting on that part. Yep. Yep. So there is a headline and I've seen a little bit of headline malpractice with this new Fannie Mae revision to their underwriting rule book that it now says hey we can use because the key the key in all this is do i have to use a two-year average of your self-employed income or can i just use the latest year the key ingredient in this and in the headlines that i saw was missing this key ingredient in the description if you've been self-employed for five years or more well or less in a row in a row continuously 
at the at in a, the same at business a, at the threshold of self-employed, um, you know, ness ness. Right. Yeah. Ness. You're right. You can't. Three years ago, you couldn't have gone from fifteen percent to thirty percent. It needs to be five years of twenty-five percent ownership or more. Then we in mortgage land could use either one year or two years. And unfortunately, the way wait at our chance. Oh wait, wait. We have a choice. Yes, the new if, rule, or is do, it? We do have a choice, if only because sometimes. You know, if the average of the two years maybe is stronger than just the recent year, we can choose to analyze uh, the income to the benefit of the borrower. I'm going to say it a different way. There are circumstances where we as mortgage practitioners, and I can think of somebody who I helped, a business owner who I helped buy a second home in Florida, where I really, really, really wanted to just use their most recent year. Yeah. Because there was funky stuff going on in the year before that. Yeah. And and so uh, we actually had to wait a half a beat, I think, for their uh, tax returns to get filed so that we could uh, use the better, cleaner, more recent year. And it used to be that you would only get that uh, answer out of the computer system when Freddie, when you ran your, your information through Freddie Mac. Well, now you have a chance of getting it through uh, uh, Fannie Mae as well. Or is it a certainty, David? That if you meet that the five-year flash it is, threshold, it would be a now. more certainty now through Fannie Mae. Hey, I have been self-employed for greater than five years. I then now can use just my latest one year, according to the mortgage underwriting software. But but the gotcha. way that I've seen okay. it, but the way that I've seen the headline written is, oh oh, Fannie Mae, you can only be self-employed for one year, and we can use it. Uh, nope, sorry. You there is not. Still need a two-year track record. Exactly. Can we ever get it done? Where they, can we ever get it done? Where they've been self-employed, you know, for twenty months, eighteen months? Yes. My the short answer is yes. But for sure, we need one year of tax returns, and a particularly strong year-to-date profit and loss statement. And and okay. also, if you want to sprinkle, like, hey, can I get this done? Maybe not quite at two years. Hopefully, you before you became self-employed, you were working in the same industry. This gets to right, right. Uh, my two favorite words in mortgage lending, underwriter discretion. Right. We'll see. Right. We have one like that going on right now on a property that's on 10 acres. And it's, mm. uh, you know, normally we can only have two acres being farmed. But, you know, in this particular case, there are five out of the 10 acres that are being farmed. And so can we get an exception on that? Yeah. Uh, so there there are some gray areas. There sure this heck is a lot of black and white. David, you got any uh, good stories to take us through? I do. I want to talk about, because I, I have a client on this self-employed journey that I, I think gets to the exact, you know, hey, let's pivot now. To, uh, now I want to go buy a house. I want to detail some of those bits when we come back from this break. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David Wickard. That's Brian Wickard over there. Dad, talking about some self-employed borrowers. And details matter, as always, in mortgage lending. For these folks, they became self-employed fall of 2021. And so, hey, it's you know almost to the end here of 2023. 
I, because they've only been self-employed less than that key five-year threshold, I yeah. must use a two-year average of their self-employed income. Well, 2021 kind of wasn't much of anything. So, so the, it was their startup year. Exactly. And so I'm kind of stuck using this lower average because I got this 2021 number that's kind of dragging me down. That for them equals a purchase price of around $250,000. And okay. in, in terms of timing, they'd like to buy more than that two fifty dollars purchase price. They'd like to buy maybe closer to three twenty-five dollars or $350,000. But given the rule book about self-employed, we must, they need to file their 2023 tax returns so that we can use 2022 was strong, 2023 is going to be strong, so that our average of those two years is higher come spring of 2024. That's a real life example of, you know, given that there's this lag in self employed income and what we can point to, come next spring, they can finally get to that higher number that they want for. Yeah. Purchase price. So they they just got to hurry up and get their taxes filed exactly. so that we can use them. Yes. And then um, the other thing I was going to say that kind of fits in the same category, maybe you're not self-employed, but maybe you make bonus income yes. or commission income uh, known as variable income. So that's another type of income that we need a two-year track record in order to use. And, and then, you know, it's a matter of, well, what makes sense? Are, you know, are we going to average it? You know, is it, it trending up? It's a problem if it's trending down. So all these things matter. And it just, it, uh, I'm sure it bothers you when you see people out there. And every once in a while we get a call where, oh, my God, yeah, I went out shopping with this flimsy, you know, pre-approval letter where they didn't do the homework. They didn't, you know, get what is needed documentation-wise and you got an example or I'm, something? I'm doing one of those right now. On Tuesday, I am helping someone who started with a, a big bank that has a skyscraper downtown because they didn't do all the homework on their home yeah. purchase. And the, and the real estate agent warned their buyer, like, please don't do this. Please don't proceed with this big bank. Please just like, talk, please talk to David, my local trusted, get on the phone. I'm not calling an 800 number in a skyscraper downtown wondering what's going on with your mortgage. They did proceed with mm, Schmace. And then guess what? I swooped in and we're helping them close on Tuesday because I was able to problem oh, wow. solve what, what the big bank walked past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the the level of homework that is not done in this thing called uh, pre-approvals is shocking, and and you know what, it works out too many times. I'm afraid, <laughs> right? That it's, they're uh, walking across the freeway metaphor. and they don't get hit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Walk, I'm going to walk across the freeway, and just because I get to the other side doesn't mean that some cars didn't swerve out of my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it, it pays to do the homework. We love helping people plan ahead. It really reduces the stress, doesn't it, of the whole home buying process? I did. I said that I uh, was talking to another agent this week who, you know, has uh, – she was calling some home buyers tire kickers because they're they, – oh. they want to proceed, but they're nervous. And one of the ways I described that, I was like, do your buyers like less stress? We call – Welcome to Acunet Mortgage, where we reduce the stress, the unknown uh, of buying. And we can do that. There's no reason to be stressed about buying, at least on the mortgage side. You can be nervous and excited 
because it's this cool next thing. You don't have to be nervous about the mortgage. And we, we did this, by the way, one other public service announcement. If you're out there and you've got a pre-approval letter that says like 7% on it or seven and a quarter, you need to get that updated. We went through our whole you know uh, list of people that we're helping right now to make sure that we've caught up uh, with this recent increase in interest rates. So, well, that's all the time we've got for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Acuna Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the host or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.